Hanley, ESPN 1000. I'm going to talk goals for a bit here. We had uh, an issue with Lonzo Ball. We've had an issue with Lonzo Ball, Brian, for quite a while. Now comes news that he may miss training camp. And he may not be ready for the start of the season. No one's really saying. And, um, you know, the, the, the surgery to clean up the meniscus, and he has a bone bruise in his knee as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was back in January. And no one thought that he wasn't going to return to finish up the season. With right. The it was reasonable to think that we would see him again. Right. And um, so report ESPN.com was the first report that uh, there's a, a likelihood that he will, in fact, not be ready for training camp and will not be ready to start the season with the Chicago Bulls. And this is Lonzo Ball. We saw what he meant to the Bulls when he was healthy at the beginning of the season. But staying healthy for Lonzo Ball, that hasn't happened in five years in the NBA. He's yet to play a full season. He's on his third team, right? The Bulls signed him to a four-year, $80 million contract before last year. He's had uh, not only the lingering knee issues, which he's had a couple, you know, he's had, uh, you know, different issues with. He's also had the uh, sprained MCL in the knee. He's had a torn ankle ligament. He's had an adductor muscle issue. Um, He's had hip flexor, shoulder, thumb. I mean, name a part of his body that hasn't bothered him. And he's going to be 25 in October, Mark. So... This stat is unbelievable. He's only played in 64.6% of regular season games that he could have played in in his young career. So any talk you know, about him missing more time and more regular season games when, again, this last January, all I know is uh, my buddy Casey Johnson, uh, longtime uh, NBA reporter now with NBC uh, Sports Chicago, he... Um, he, while these other reports seem to be drawing a neg- negative inference that, um, you know, that the Bulls had hoped, optimistic he'd be ready, KC said, yeah, it's, um, it's a difficult situation, but what he's hearing is not as bleak as what others are reporting. Let's take a listen. It's a fluid situation, and the last two times I've checked on it, I've heard way more positive than negative. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that means he's out there opening night. I'm not saying that's... that. He's playing all 82. What I'm saying is the, uh, the, the skepticism that was earlier in the offseason has moved a little bit towards the optimism side. From, from my, but it's a fluid situation. And it is pretty remarkable that it's, you know, we're ta- it is almost early September, injury happening. Yeah. Anyway, we're not expecting yeah. eight months yeah. of questions on this. It was supposed to be eight weeks, yeah. not eight months. Yeah, uh, you know, you said 64% of games he he was be able to play in his career? He had a career at this point in the NBA. Yeah. I mean, in five years. Right. And I, I, look, he's a great player when he's on the floor. We, how do we keep him on the floor? Well, to that point, I mean, this is how important he is. Now, look, they, they signed uh, Dragic, and they've got um, Caruso back. Um, Io's, you know, can play their... Zach could even play some point if need be. But obviously when they signed uh, Gorin, I think they were admitting to to themselves that they needed some cover there as well, right? But Lonzo Ball, this is uh, Casey's uh, column at NBCSportsChicago.com. He has provided valuable floor spacing by shooting a career-high 42.3% from three-point range, high volume of 7.4 three-point attempts per game. He revved up the Bulls' transition attack by pushing the ball up court. 
either by dribble or often by pass. He also revved up, revved up the Bulls' transition attack by wreaking havoc defensively, averaging a career-high 1.8 steals and posting over three deflections per game. So paired with Alex Caruso, ball helped the Bulls' point of attack defense become stout, and we know how difficult that was before uh, the front office made the move to bring him in. Is you got three more years and sixty million dollars, and if, if you know, we know what player, what kind of player he is when he's healthy. But good lord, if if he can only average sixty five percent of his uh, of his games moving forward, even I mean, even if it's seventy five or whatever, that that's it's uh, still not enough. Not nearly enough, right? And and again, he's going to be twenty five in in October. So for his sake, you want to see him put this knee thing behind, but. As Casey just said in the uh, Bulls Talk podcast at NBC Sports Chicago, weeks, not eight months. And here we go. It could be 10 months by the time we're all sitting, you know, it's all said and done. 312-332-3776, if you've been watching this. Um, yeah, we, we were waiting to see him last year jump in. And obviously now this is an issue for this season. <laughs> With all of those injuries, I mean, now I question... He was a great addition when he's on the floor again. But with all of that history and him being so young, that's a long contract to hand out to somebody like that, is it not? Yeah. It's a going rate. But yeah, I well, mean, that's this, the thing, right? If you're competing, right. you have to pay the going rate. Um, but it, it's, you know, you, you just know how much better the Bulls are with him. That's all I can tell you. And they were so enjoyable to watch when he was out there. Uh, beginning of the season, and they were the feel-good story of the NBA, right? That, that this team was, when they were all healthy and playing together, they were sitting atop the Eastern Conference for a while, and no one saw that coming. No, it and was a big they, surprise early on. certainly was. And then as quickly as, uh, as that happened, about the time he went out in January, they started their uh, down the hill, uh, you know, to, to mediocrity again. I mean, you know what... It, it's you have no trade value in him if if and when you decide to move on. Yeah, I, I, I unless I he unless it, look unless he comes back. I'm thinking worst case scenario, right? But unless he comes back, yeah, you know, and and, and he's playing. Maybe maybe it's even worse than sixty four percent moving well, I, forward. I, I, so help me out here. I, I had a meniscus um, surgery way back in the nineties, and it was a weird injury because I six miles a day and it didn't bother me. But walking upstairs or getting in and out of a car, it was like someone was jabbing a knife in my knee. It was just weird that you could, you know, put the pounding on it by getting your run in. And so the meniscus surgery, supposedly by reports, was okay. But it's still the bone bruise that gives him pain, and and he can't go full bore. And every time he thinks he's, you know, upping his workouts to get back in and ready to go, it starts barking again. And, and bruise seems such a temporary thing. What we know of right. a bruise, I mean, if you're not a doctor, seems like a temporary that, thing. That, well, that's why I need some help on this, because I, if it's a bruise, I don't think there's any surgery that corrects it, right? right, um, right. Cortisone can cover up your, your inflammation and your pain, but that's a temporary fix, and you can only have so many of those uh, shots uh, at per calendar year. Mm-hmm. So I just hope this is, you know, you, know, you don't think of a bruise as being chronic. That's but, my point. That's exactly my point. And if somebody's yeah. had a deep bone bruise, you want to share your recovery with us? Because, again, to me, I'm not anything close to a doctor. I have yeah. hurt myself in many different ways physically, and, and I've yeah. had bruises. But a bruise always seems so temporary, like 
Okay. That, uh, that sounds a lot less serious than a meniscus surgery and the recovery associated with it. And, you know, and the meniscus surgery was, I mean, it was, our, uh, it was uh, outpatient surgery, right? And so they just went in and you were there for four, four hours or whatever. I never had the pleasure myself, Brian. Well, it, it, I mean, it, it could have been worse, I suppose, right? Um, but so they gave me, I was covering the Cubs at the time. So they gave me a, a crutches cane to, to stay off the, the leg for you know, a while. Mm-hmm. And so this was on a Saturday. And it was, in my first baseball beat, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, it was my second baseball beat. I'd covered the White Sox before. So I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I should be taking any time off, even though I just had the surgery on Saturday. And they told me, no, you need to, you know, stay off this for a while. So on Monday, I went on one of the longer road trips of the season to then Mile High Stadium, which was obviously a very large place. Getting up and down from the press box down to the clubhouse was, a, you know, more. Then the Astrodome. And then I think it might have been Dodger Stadium. I'm like, okay, I could have, you know, picked Fenway or something. But, you know, I went, I, I was just. If you're going to do it, do it right. Now, back then it wasn't outpatient, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was outpatient. It was arthroscopic. Um, and, but I screwed. So I, not listening to the doctors telling me, no, you can't be on this. And, and, and me just going back as if I could cover baseball because I wasn't playing it. I was just covering it. I screwed up my Achilles. I end up going to physical therapy because I strained my Achilles trying to trying to, to avoid hurting your knee. The knee, yeah, that was really that was stupid. But I was young. Well, you know what? Yeah, the the idea is to make those uh, dumb mistakes when you're younger. If you're yeah, doing that it, it, when you're older, then you haven't learned anything, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't want my boss to think I'm just some sort of lollygagger. I'm going to be out there covering, do my job, do your job, and do my job. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. This is a mystery to us. If you want to jump in, if you have any experience with this, obviously this is a, a professional athlete. Another level of performance uh, with uh, what he's dealing with, but it is a disappointment. It was a disappointment not to have him back during the season last year when oh, we man. thought he would be back, and uh, he's meant a lot to this team. And you know, when he's on the floor, he's great. But again, sixty four percent. That is a shocking number. It is. I mean, I read that. I was like, wow. He is, you know, I wasn't really paying attention to how many games he was when he was out in Los Angeles or down in New Orleans, right? But now when he's here, you, you start, that gets your attention. So big news at Hallis Hall this week. We talked about it yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's probably bigger news than what we think the Bears are going to do, at least for right now. Because, um, you know, we, we need a president. For Hallis Hall uh, in, in the Bears operation. And what kind of president is going to be hired? Is it going to be somebody with football operations experience? Maybe not at all because Ted Phillips really didn't, even though he said he kind of understood. We'll discuss that and more here when we get back on ESPN 1000. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley, as you may know now, they have a help wanted sign up at Hallis Hall in the big front window, Brian. President wanted, apply within. As uh, Ted Phillips, 65 years old, retiring as president of the Chicago Bears in February. We talked at great length about this yesterday. Peggy and Dion covered that too. Today, there are some internal candidates, allegedly, and external candidates. They've hired a, uh, a firm to help them out in the search. 
and uh, certainly they're working on it now, but nothing will break anytime soon, I would imagine. And uh, you know in the back of your mind how bad it's been uh, under Ted Phillips' presidency in terms of uh, sustained success, if you want to be right. <laughs> generous. Where, even, was there any? One time. Um, two, two seasons. Dan Weir in the Tribune wrote this today because – you, you know, you live through it. You maybe just don't remember the specifics. Since he became president in 1999 when he was promoted, the Bears have had more last-place finishes, eight, than playoff appearances, six. Going into this is 40th season. And now, again, he was president in 1999. That's when he started with the bigger title. They had... The only consecutive winning seasons they had in that whole span, the 2005 and 2006 seasons. Mm-hmm. Now think about that for a second. Think, I mean, I and I, you know, and God bless Ted. You know, he told Dan Pompey, the athletic, who broke the story. He basically said, "Gems never got the quarterbacks right." You know, that and we we know the punchline. Did well, we ever get, right. Did we but, win enough? Did we get the quarterbacks right? No, but everything else was there. Like, like well, it wasn't and we him. can argue. Obviously, other things weren't there either. But no, he but believes I mean, where that, he believes. That season-ending press conference yeah, when he should sure. have fi- fired Pace and Nagy instead of waiting another year. Mm-hmm. I mean, to actually verbalize that, did we did we get the quarterback exactly right? Did we win enough games? No, but everything else was there. Then they talked about culture. Um, that is remarkable that you could be at the top of the uh, uh, of the just under the chairman and have only two consecutive winning seasons. And actually have only six playoff appearances and have more last place finishes. I mean... Everybody would like that job. Well, the Bears always give you enough time. I mean, they, they don't ever... You'll never be able to accuse them of, well, if they only give me a couple more years, I would have proven that you get your six or seven years to make sure that they know it's not working out. Most teams will give you two or three. The Bears are good for double that, right? At least. At least. And the idea that they are looking inside, yeah, that kind of seems like a McCaskey thing to do. But uh-huh. certainly we've seen some names, you know, externally. Uh, you know, Trace Armstrong we talked about yesterday. Rick Smith, will his name come up again? It, it may it would make sense. But, and look, I, Scott Hagel is a terrific story. I, I think he started as an intern. He was certainly a media relations assistant when back in the day when I was helping on the sometimes coverage on game days. And he's a you know, bright guy, and he's ascended to a vice president title and has been with them for you know years or so. And you know, I'm not saying he's not capable, but I think Rick Morsey wrote a column today that basically Ted was like a McCaskey, even though he was, you know, wasn't a blood relative. He became that close to the family. And I think a He was family- like Duvall's character in Godfather. Yeah. I think I think a family that's obviously challenged in their football IQ, even though they've been doing this forever, probably wouldn't it wouldn't hurt them to look outside the the family blood or not and and try to find some fresh eyes and was fresh idea. And again, they you know uh, Peggy and Dion mentioned some of the uh, female executives within the organization and their numbers people and their finance people. And I'm not saying that they wouldn't be quality candidates. And if it's strictly a money person that you're looking for, maybe you stay in house, right? Because they know the 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 organization and everything else. But and I, it really also depends, Brian, if they think that Ryan Poles is the GM to stand on his own, 
and make the football decisions, then that takes the pressure off because that's not what Ted was. That wasn't his wheelhouse, obviously. Right. I mean, Ted eventually thought that he'd been around it long enough that he had a handle on, on you know, even though well, he was he an accountant that. by trade. He yeah, I mean, that. yeah, I mean, I thought he was delusional, but again, you know, he actually told me that, well, I've been around this, you know, people don't think I'm a football guy. I've been around this, you know, enough to know that you can go to league, league meetings and, and hear people talking football and everything else. But I mean, no one was, you know, disrespecting his accounting uh, background and going to school for that. But again, I, I said, yes, sir. If I watched a, a surgeon do enough operations, and I said I could probably do that. You wouldn't. You said oh, I wouldn't want you to have the scalpel when I'm, you know, on the table, right? I mean, no, no. 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 You can think you know something. Hey, but when Ted really said that it? to you, obviously he was trying to frame himself as somebody that deserves the job that he had. Right? Did he deserve the job uh, as far as his, uh, you know, business business acumen and his uh, being an accountant? Certainly, but the fact that they put any decision that had anything to do with football. On his plate, he should have been smart enough, and this is where leadership comes in. I said this yesterday. He should have been smart enough to know his limitations, Mm -hmm. and instead of saying something to you like, well, I've been around, I kind of see what they do, so I'm kind of a football guy. No, you're not. Be smart enough to hire somebody to help you. I'm with you. I mean, and now again, we were at a business sports uh, business symposium, and he was about to go up and, and, you know, address an audience, but it was almost like, a defense mechanism like he had heard, you know, he, he had, because they're not whispers. Everyone's like, you know, why? Why is that guy helping to hire the sixth GM or the fifth GM? And the, very loud whispering. Sure, he heard it and he was trying yeah. to defend himself. Right. Right. Yeah. You know that, you know, I'm not a complete idiot and no one's saying you're not smart or you're not you know, intellectual in, in the field. You actually studied and and practiced. Right. Right. But again, when you start swimming in the deep end and something else and kind of delude yourself that, well, I've been around it long enough. I, you know, you, if you're around anything long enough, you're going to get some knowledge and some uh, appreciation of what it's all about. Well, maybe we should put uh, Ryan Poles, uh, have him cross-train in the accounting department. Oh, boy. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. I mean, right? Yeah, make yourself yeah. a little more versatile at work. People cross-train? I mean, why not that? Hey, speaking yeah. speaking of money... Before we get to uh, Bob, yeah. Okay, we'll get to Bob, but speaking of money, did, did you see this? The, the city's planning and development commissioner, Maurice Cox, is basically saying, making an argument that the, the, the city is going to under... Uh, if Lori Lightfoot gets re-elected, I suppose, is still intent on perhaps doing the Soldier, Soldier Field renovation, dome ready at two point two billion dollars whatever their estimate was even even though they know the bears aren't coming back we got to talk about that i mean does this city need to to dome soldier field to to try to have concerts and to keep the fire dry i mean maybe another football team well that that it's there's an interesting take on that can the city let the bears out of its lease and waive all the penalties and the the money from here to 2033 or whatever it is if they uh, promise not to block uh, them from getting a, a team to move here. Very interesting stuff. Let's get to Bear Fan Bob before the break here. Colin from Twin Lakes. Hey, Bear Fan Bob. What's up, buddy? Good afternoon, gentlemen. It's a beautiful day up here today. I bet it is. So, so I've been thinking about this because I did hear you yesterday and was kind of tempted to call in, and I thought, eh, maybe I better think about this for a little bit. <laughs> so I did. Well, 
Ted Phillips retiring and, and, and uh, when, when the season is done, that allows him a chance to put together Arlington Heights. And I think he's probably the right guy to get Arlington Heights done. I absolutely agree with that. You know, anybody who can deal with the city of Chicago and do what he did with Soldier Field, there's, you couldn't Agreed. pay me enough money to do that job. It just wouldn't happen. I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. So with that being said, I think moving past whenever Ted gets done doing the Arlington Heights deal, it's probably going to take two presidents or co-presidents, however you would want to do it, one for football operations, which might be grooming or training uh, Ryan Poles for that, but that might be a little early for saying something like that. But I kind of like what I'm seeing right now, but that could change in the future. We'll see how, how he plays out. And definitely you're going to need somebody else who's going to be the bean counter. You're going to have to have a guy like that putting together a multi-billion dollar deal to put together, you know, the new Soldier Field with everything, or new uh, Bears Stadium. And I was thinking, how about grabbing Mark Murphy out, out, out of Green Bay? He's getting ready to leave up there, and he did a beautiful job with Green Bay. Why not see if he couldn't come down here and consult and help a little bit? You know, you never know. It might work out. You know, you know Mark, kind of a thought. Maybe Luke Getze can make that phone call. Why not? You know, worse okay. things could happen. They're pretty hey, successful Bob, up there. Yeah. He's a great, that's a great name. He was the head of the Players Association, right, um, uh-huh. when he was with the Redskins. I covered him as the athletic director at uh, Northwestern. Very bright guy. Yep. And then he goes up there, and uh, they don't, you know, as you know, they don't have an ownership per se. I mean, it's right. a, a foundation or trust, right? Basically, yeah, it goes to American Legion or something like that. If right, it's right, ever sold? So yeah, right. But I mean, he's he, Benson, uh, he you know again he had to stay down here when he was up in Evanston with Northwestern. Um, if he's really felt like his time's run out in Green Bay or wants something different, you could do a lot worse than Mark Murphy. Yeah, it, and I was just kind of thinking out loud, thinking who would be good for that. And I heard you guys talking about Trace Armstrong and this one and that one. I thought, why would Trace Armstrong want to come back to the Bears? You know, he kind of left on not so good terms many years ago. Not only that, but, he's making some serious money now. Right. You know, what, is, what does he want the grief for? Now, you want somebody who is skilled in these matters to replace Ted Phillips, put together a stadium. Murphy might be the one to do that. You know, like good I name. said, thinking out loud. Name. Yeah. Good right. name. Good call. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Thanks, Bob. Bob. My good thoughts, guys, and have a great day. I'll be listening when I'm on the boat tomorrow. Oh, uh, by the way, yeah. I caught some walleyes out there uh, last week. And some uh, striped bass on our lake Ooh, up here in Twin Lakes. I love me some walleyes. That's such good eating. Yeah, well, I threw them back, so you got a chance to go and get them. Okay. I'll, they could be uh, tasty and delicious. All right, Have great. a great day. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Thanks, Bob. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. He uh, left them behind for me. Now I just have to catch them. All right, uh, 312-332-3776. Very interesting. Uh, we'll revisit that uh, where we're going to talk about uh, the dome and, and you know all of that, but Next, after we come back from the break, we're going to hear that Braxton Jones interview that uh, sitting in for Waddle and Sylvia yesterday was Miller and uh, Jesse Rogers. And they had him on the program. Very interesting. What a, what we're a good guy. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about rooting for good guys. We're talking about that. With it's easy to root for good guys. So easy. Here's, I mean, what, I was in the car listening to this interview, and, and Jeff and Jesse did a terrific job with it. And, and Jesse told us in, during transition that he had Braxton Jones. Uh, and loved what he saw in the preseason. Why wouldn't you? But this kid, I mean, he doesn't sound like a kid. I mean, he sounds like he's got his stuff together. And it was it was really 
I'm rooting for him big time. Uh, and you want you, it sounds like that this is a guy you can get behind and, and embrace, and hopefully he holds that uh, left tackle job and and you know nails it down here. All right, we're going to hear from uh, from that uh, interview. We'll hear the entire thing when we come back here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Xander and Hanley on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Uh, yesterday on Waddle and Sylvie, it was Miller and Jesse Rogers filling in, and they had the occasion to talk to a bright young, a young star on the uh, Chicago Bears. This is a great story. Here's their interview with Braxton Jones. Braxton <laughs> Jones joins us on Waddle and Sylvie. Miller and Rogers in for the guys. Braxton, are you ready for the big dog, Nick Bosa, uh, on opening NFL weekend? How's it going? Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I think. I think the biggest thing is not saying I'm ready right now, but using this time to prepare as best I can. And, you know, I think the preparation is going to make me ready. You know, it's, you don't, you don't look at what's done on, on Sunday. You look at what's done on, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all leading up until the game. And I think that's the biggest thing for me and making sure, you know, I'm checking those boxes throughout the week and making, you know, making it crystallize in my mind exactly the looks that I'm going to see, you know, if he lines up this way, you know, just making sure all of that is crystallized. I don't think it's all going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm ready right now or anything like that. I'll feel better and better going into game one by my preparation. And that's week in and week out. I think that's the biggest thing for me is just making sure every week I have a plan. I'm doing this. I'm sticking to the plan and then coming out game week, game day, and I'll feel ready by my preparation. First of all, welcome to Chicago, Braxton. It's it's probably been quite something for you coming from Utah, growing up there, going to school there. What's it been like being in Chicago? What was training camp like as it as it comes to an end here? Um, yeah, I mean, shoot, Chicago's nice. I I like it so far. Um, obviously, you know the where the Bears kind of stay up in the Lake Forest area is a little bit different than like downtown Chicago. But um, we as rookies, we got to go down there and see. But it's been Nothing but great. I mean, you know, it's it's a grind. It's hard, but, you know, it's rewarding having, you know, getting through the first camp, getting through the, you know, first couple of preseason games of my career and stuff like that. So it's super rewarding and seeing, you know, progress in, in my play and stuff like that. And i got a long ways to go, but, you know, it is nice to see all of that for sure. It felt like you had a really good game against Cleveland. Um, can you assess yourself? What did the coaches say? I, I didn't see you miss a block, my friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I um, when I assess it, I, there's a lot to work on. Um, obviously, I'm staying in front of people. Um, I've done that well, but I think you know there's some looks where it can look way better and uh, just playing with a little bit more pad level and stuff like that, but. In terms of overall, I felt a lot better uh, finishing-wise and, you know, helping the running back up. And I think that's, that's the stuff that's super important, too, and that's more intimidating um, is when you see guys, all 5-0 linemen, all of us, you know, attacking the line of scrimmage. And I think that was the biggest thing for me is getting more um, comfortable with my guys, working with Cody, um, and just, you know, getting off the ball. I think that that's more important. And obviously, you know, as an individual um, – Assessing my play, I you know I have a lot to improve, a lot to improve and stuff that I'd like to clean up, but I don't think I'm you know 
close enough to where I want to be. So, you know, during this week that we've gotten, you know, to get better and stuff, I've really focused on some things and um, making things come to life. And obviously we have a little bit of time leading up to game one, and all of this time is going to be crucial for me to capitalize on and uh, uh, essentially get ready. Bears rookie tackle Braxton Jones joining us here on Waddle and Sylvie. Braxton, you're a rookie, but some of your answers here make you sound like a 10-year <laughs> vet. I like your approach. It's very, very uh, mature for someone who's just a rookie in the NFL. Were you When you were drafted initially, did you set out uh, trying to win a starting role as a goal for yourself? Uh, one of my goals, I, I even told a couple teams in doing like combine uh, interviews and stuff, was to get my first start under my belt within my rookie season. Um, and so, you know, that was one of my big goals. And, you know, I knew that it would take a little bit of uh, time to develop a little bit, but I felt myself exceed a little bit um, and go over some of those bars. And I surprised myself a little bit, honestly, in um, some of the stuff I've done. But I think, obviously, there's such a long ways for me and, and the things I'll be able to do once I get certain things down, like seeing the box and, and stuff like that. But, you know, those were some of my goals that I, you know, I still want to accomplish. And obviously there's more to that as well. But, yeah. Visiting with Braxton Jones uh, from the Chicago Bears. What What's it like to be a left tackle, especially with a guy like Fields? I, I, I'm sure you feel like a big responsibility, right? Jeff said it, the, the blind side, you've got to protect that. What, what What's that like? What's that emotionally like and the responsibility of keeping that quarterback upright? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a huge responsibility. Obviously, it's, um, you know, a huge responsibility for left tackle, but honestly, it's all five of us um, working together and, you know, I think if all five of us really come together um, as a whole line, we'll all, you know, help each other in certain situations because, you know, it, all, it doesn't all come down to the left tackle all the time. You know, if, if the interior is really good, that helps the, you know, the tackles out. So now Justin can step up and, you know, we can run the DNs around the edge and stuff like that. So I would say, you know, I do have a huge responsibility and I take that very seriously in making sure he's, you know, clean, and, and he's not getting hit at all and stuff like that. Like, I take that very seriously. I, I've talked to him. I've been like, you know, my bad on that one. i got to be better. Um, and, you know, he doesn't come at me or anything like that. He's, you know, you're good. Just keep, keep on doing what you do and stuff like that. But, um, like I said, as a whole, it's going to be all of us together, you know, taking the responsibility and, you know, really building this thing. Braxton Jones joining us. Braxton Jones of the Chicago Bears on ESPN 1000. Braxton, has there been a moment for you where you've stopped and said to yourself, man, I'm in the league, where it kind of like just dawned on you, like something that happened, whether it was in training camp, maybe it was when you first stepped on the field. Was there a moment for you where you were like, this is awesome, I can't believe it? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would say I had a little moment. It was for about like 10 minutes. Was, I think it was the drive, um, our small drive, to our first preseason game um, when we played KC. And I just looked out the window, and it all came to fruition. I was like, man, this is really crazy. I'm about to, you know, a year ago, I was going to, you know, play FCS ball and, and stuff like that. So it just really came to fruition. And, you know, it's so surreal that I was going to play my first preseason game and, and not only playing the first preseason game, actually getting starting reps and, it's just unbelievable, but 
I mean, it was only for 10 minutes. I don't got much time to uh, pat myself on the back at all. I got big, uh, big things to do. And I think, you know, keeping that in mind, it, it, it's good to, you know, realize the stuff that you're, you're doing and stuff, but you can't live in it for too long. You got to, you know, recognize it and get, get back to work. And that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's usually those little moments, right? It's not like... I don't know, the first touchdown drive. It's just a little drive to the ballpark. It's not anything necessarily that, or the stadium. It's not anything uh, necessarily that big. Hey, I read an article, we won't hold it against you, that uh, Tyrone Smith of the Cowboys was someone you looked up to. And, he, and he, the Bears have a good tradition offensive lineman. Any of the older guys interact with you just yet? I know it's still early, but you'll, you'll see some of the older, older guys around um, Soldier Field and Hallis Hall every so often. Any, any good interactions with some former Bears yet? Um, I, I mean, I haven't had that many interactions with some, uh, any of the former bears at all, really. Um, I've seen a couple of them around, but I haven't had a chance to kind of talk to them or anything like that. I, I think I saw Spice, uh, walking around mm-hmm. the locker room once. That was cool. Cause I used to watch all his funny videos and stuff like that. Um, um, but besides that, I haven't seen much or got to talk to anybody. I, um, somebody had talked to us and that was, that was pretty cool, but, uh, just one-on-one, I, you know, I haven't really talked to anybody. Yeah. You make a couple good blocks. They'll come around. Those guys will come around. <laughs> Probably have to earn it with the old guys though. Um, I think you guys have the weekend off. If I'm not mistaken, what are you going to do? You're probably your first weekend off since you came to town, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, since I came to town, I, I think we've had a, another weekend off, okay. um, during OTAs, but. Yeah, um, we do, and I think it's a big time to get ahead for me, especially as a rookie. Obviously, some of the vets um, have the opportunity to maybe, you know, go see family or something like that. But for me, I just I feel like I'm so close to being, uh, you know, locked in and, and I'm feeling at home that I want to get that extra time and, uh, you know, maybe go into the facility a couple times and, and get some things done, but it's a, it's truly a time to get ahead for me, especially as a rookie that has, you know, that's never played a, a season this long or anything like that. So, Bears rookie left tackle Braxton Jones joining us here on ESPN 1000. Braxton, have you do you have a close friend on the roster? Maybe someone from your draft class or another O lineman who you've really clicked with since the start of the uh, uh, training camp? Yeah, I mean, I would say all the rookies that uh, came in because the Bears did draft. Uh, four of us so you know all all four of us have connected um you know uh doug had uh got injured earlier but we're you know we're still riding together we're super strong group i'd say because you know as rookies you kind of gotta you know stick together and you know obviously you want to latch on to some of the vets as well but you know you guys kind of mold together so doug uh, uh jt jatari um zach uh, and those guys, we've, you know, kind of molded all well. And even Gene that was, you know, had uh, got cut recently. But still, we were all together, um, you know, having a good time, making sure we weren't, you know, getting down or anything when certain things would happen and stuff. So, you know, we all molded very well. I want to go back to your last answer. When you say getting ahead, is that like specifically looking at tape of the Niners? Or what, what, what does that really mean, getting ahead? Uh, it's just all of it. I think, uh, body wise, um, obviously you just come off camp. I'm, you know, I'm not, nothing's going wrong for me, but just making sure my body feels optimal for week one. Um, you know, my mind getting my mental right, kind of maybe taking a little bit of time 
just uh, away from it a little bit to come back in, in it strong on Sunday, Monday, mm-hmm. even a little bit Saturday too. But yeah, I would say obviously when I say that is uh, more getting into that film too and uh, just you know dissecting it and getting used to dissecting the film as in uh, being in the NFL, you know, it's a lot different. You know, people are a lot better. There's a lot more tendencies. There's tendencies that I have that I need to look at and that I can improve during the week as well, too. So um, I, I'm on I'm on tape now for uh, three preseason games. So that, that stuff is I need to look at as well. So th- just having this weekend will be great to get into the film, but also, for, like I said, for my mind and body as well. See, Jeff, he is mature because I figured he might be going downtown, having a few nights out here. What, 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 what's your favorite? Oh, no. <laughs> Braxton, what's your favorite food? We'll give you a restaurant to go to. You like steak, pizza, um, what are you? I don't know. I, I'm I'm really set on just you know going to Chipotle and get me a good old bowl with <laughs> yeah. you know right. chicken and I'm I'm very simple. I'm give not too, Braxton. Uh, Braxton, give crazy. us your Braxton. Give us yeah, your what's Chipotle your Chipotle order? order? What's your, your favorite? What's yeah, the order? No, I got you guys. So I usually go in and I get a bowl. Um, I get brown rice. Double up on the brown rice because you need the extra carbs. And then I. They had the pollo asado, but they just took yes. it away, and that was kind of like the flavorful chicken. And mm-hmm. so I'll get either that or the steak, whichever they have. Um, and then I usually do a little bit of hot sauce, um, and then two scoops of the pico, which is like the, their mild sauce. And then um, I'll get a sprinkle of cheese. Um, it depends on the day if I'm getting guacamole or not, and sour cream. If I'm trying to hold back on you know, the calories a little bit, then I won't go so hard on the sour cream, but I usually just get like a light drizzle on top because it's just, you just have to have it. But then, uh, yeah, I just top that off, and that's kind of what I have every time I go bowling. And awesome. then also with, uh, uh, you got to get a tortilla on the side, and you can either do that, you could put, you could turn it into a burrito if you need, or I usually like tear pieces and kind of scoop it up with, uh, with like the bowl materials, so... Wait, if, you, if your film work is, is as detailed as what you just described, man, you're going to be a star in this league. That was awesome. <laughs> Bears, yeah, no, for sure. Bears tackle Braxton Jones sharing his Chipotle order with us here on ESP 1000. All right, Brax, I have to ask you then. So it sounds like with all the details, all the intricate details you just laid out, this is something that can't be accomplished merely by ordering ahead on the app. You have to actually go in and stand in the line every time, I have to believe. Uh, yeah, I mean, when I was in uh, back in Cedar... Uh, where Southern Utah is, I I went there so much. I actually just you can do that on the app. They detailed the app so well that you can double up on chicken, double up on rice. You can double up what, whatever you need because um, that's how they have it in the app. So sure. I did it that way um, in Cedar a lot, but I've been just going to the Chipotle and going through the line because it's nice and easy here. So um, and the Chipotle in Cedar had the one where you could just go through the drive through and just drive right pick it up and drive right by but I beautiful don't think it, efficiency this one here, yeah. yeah well we have plenty of chipotles up north where you are so you'll <laughs> you, you always find one if you're out and about yeah no for sure <laughs> all right braxwell we congratulate you on a very successful training camp to start things off and it looks like your goal of getting your first start in your rookie year is well within reach we're hoping to see it this upcoming Sunday when you kick off against the 49ers. Thanks for joining us here on ESP 1000. Good luck, man. Good luck. I appreciate it, guys. I, I thank you guys for having me on. It was a good time talking, and uh, 
you know, I'm looking forward to the season. That's a fabulous interview from uh, uh, Meller and uh, Rogers in for Waddle and Sylvie yesterday here. Uh, Braxton Jones on ESPN 1000. I totally agree. There should be some sour cream on your Chipotle order, oh, no you matter what you do. It. Yeah, you gotta, gotta have it. Gotta, gotta have it. Eh, if you're watching the calories, maybe a little less. And you have to double the carnitas, but that's just me. When we come back, Mark, I got to tell you about uh, a, a, a menu, a typical intake of calories for an offensive lineman in the league. And uh, it, you know, you just heard the Chipotle order. This guy's daily routine will make your uh, calorie spin. <laughs> I bet it will. I bet it will. All right, we'll do that when we come back here on ESPN One Thousand. Xander and Hanley. Welcome back to Xander and Hanley on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. All right, back to it here on ESPN 1000. This, Brian, is the cure. I know. And Love Cats, what a great song. <laughs> and That's I see the were. picture of the guy with the cure shirt on, yeah, right? There you go. That's and, uh, yeah, he's way old enough to know who the cure is. Absolutely. He might have bought that in the 80s. That well, can shirt. I, can I say, this is like one of the weirdest music videos I've ever yes. watched. Yeah. It's the cure. It's the yeah. cure, dude. I was hoping to see this guy with the uh, the emo makeup like Robert Smith has. Yeah, like he was goth the cure, before goth was... Yeah, absolutely. He was yeah. goth before we even knew what goth was. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, they have released a photo of this couple, the guy in the cure shirt, and I guess they haven't caught them, but I will say this. the uh, What happened at uh, this past Monday, uh, the Blue Jays against the Cubs at Rogers Center. There was that couple, as I uh, as we were talking about yesterday. Somebody had caught them on, uh, you know, took a little cell phone video of this couple in the 500 level at Rogers Center, getting it on, and uh, you know, quite insulting to the baseball game. They had their backs to the field, which was rude. But mm-hmm. it turns out the video posted by uh, Blog To, I guess, on Twitter. Shows a woman on top, and, you know, they're doing their thing. And uh, according to the outlet source, the cops said the guy flew in to meet this girl, and this was their first meeting. Of course it was. At Rogers Center. Love. is a many-splendored thing. <laughs> oh, man. He did, so they decided to meet at Rogers Center. Yeah, that, that was it, their first date. In they the 500 won. level. And again, her back was to the game. And yeah. the way they were positioned, he couldn't see anything because no, he, he was didn't. looking at her. Oh, so he they were totally some, ignoring the he game. He could see something. But he could see something, but it wasn't the game. Yeah. And then in Oakland, uh, the, the, her back was to the, to the game. And she was, um, yeah. And he was stroking her hair. Uh, it was lovely. Saying was nice things. Tender. We don't know yeah, if they yeah. were, uh, we don't know if they're a couple because they're on the lam, as you said. We don't know if they're a couple or if that was their first meeting. But uh, that, in Toronto, that's, I guess that's what you do. First date, Rogers Center. <laughs> Tinder's the hookup, I guess, right? Is that, is that what all the kids do, Jake? Tinder? Is that it? I think Hinge is the new thing. Hinge is the new thing. <laughs> Hinge is a lot cleaner. Tinder is, well, I guess, yeah. If you're wait, looking wait, for the, cleaner. Define cleaner. Like you're going and you're actually going on a couple dates, you know? Oh, okay. A little more. Uh, you, might go, sure. you, might, you might go to the CNN Tower before. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. What's the tower outside of Rogers Center? And it's, um, Have, you, you, might, you might do that before you go inside. So and, it's a little and, more of an upscale experience. Yeah. Maybe you go mm-hmm. out and have a burger before you get to, you know, the 
the meat the of poutine? the situation. Yeah, the poutine. That's very Canadian, eh? Hey, hey, it is. More Poutine's. Montreal than anything. But um, I did have my story too, but I want to save it, Brian, because I know we want to do this post thing tomorrow, a little new segment. Yeah. And uh, it was reported to the post, so we're going to save it for tomorrow. Okay. And play this audio I, read, for- I read the post so you don't have to. Okay, and, we appreciate uh, that. And when we come back, we'll, we'll talk about poutine, but I, I want to get to, you know, uh, Cap is losing weight with soda, and why wouldn't you if you want to do that? I mean, that's the way you do it. He's, he's almost 30 but pounds But linemen down. don't want to lose weight. No, no, no. And this is, I mean, you know, you just heard Braxton Jones talk about Chipotle and what he has. It sounds like he goes there every day, by the way. Um, but they have to either they have to maintain carbs but weight and you have to eat a lot to maintain the weight but also not have it you know it has to be more muscle than anything else but wait till you, ted karras the cincinnati Bengals center laid out what a typical uh, day's looks like for, for his four me- uh, meals plus snacks four meals plus snacks oh my god yeah, wait till you hear i'm what full he's... i'm full right now i'm comfortably he full just bed, like, hearing before he puts this. his head on the pillow wait till you hear what he eats wow okay I'm looking forward to it. We'll be back in two minutes. It's Hanley and Xander on the ESPN 1000.